guys. Thanks for tuning into Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. And we're so excited that everyone has been listening. We really, really appreciate the outpouring of love and just support that we've received from everyone. It really means a lot. Before we get started, I wanted to tell everyone that we do have a website. It's libraryoverload.home.blog. And that's where we keep all of our show notes. So if you're driving and we say a book that you might want to might want to read please don't be looking at your phone while you're driving you can just visit the website later and i'll be right there waiting for you honor of the month of love we are going to talk about romance books uh relationship books anything that has to do with little hearts that you draw your names in oh that sort of thing um so I guess I will go ahead and get started. Let's uh, roll. The first one I have is one that came out recently that I have been seeing everywhere. I've been seeing everybody talk about it. And I was really, really interested in it. And that is The Kiss Quotient. Oh, I want to read that. Yes. And that is by Helen Huang. Now this one, I would just like you to be warned, is a bit smutty. <laughs> it's, um, I wrote down, it's as steamy as a hot tub on a cold night. <laughs> so not safe for work, not safe for grandma. Be very careful. Basically, any chance the characters get to have a moment they do for sure hey yo um but i i thought this book was just adorable it was a quick easy breezy read i think it was only like took me a few hours or whatever but but essentially the premise is that there's a girl who has asperger's Mm -hmm. and she her parents are pestering her to Um, get married and have grandchildren like basically the book opens with her mom saying just wanted to let you know since I know you hate surprises um, I'm ready for grandchildren so you can start working on that Um, (laughs) I could totally see my mom doing something like that she's like I'm ready whenever you are Um, so the girl coming at it from a logical standpoint um, decides that she needs to go about this in a professional manner. Sure. So she hires a male escort to teach her how to have sex. Wonderful. Yes. And obviously, they fall in love with each other. <gasps> Shocking. Spoilers. You know, there's storyline there. It's not just fluff. Um, okay. The thing that I kept thinking about this book when I was reading it is that it was everything that I wanted the Rosie Project to be. Mm. Um, for me, the Rosie Project, which was also a big buzz right worthy book um for me that one just kind of fell flat like i didn't really love the characters mm-hmm. i didn't think that this story necessarily needed to be told i guess yeah um, I, I felt the same way about it i was kind of was disappointed kind of, yeah it was just kind of meh but this one um i thought the characters were adorable i thought the uh sex was hot nice i enjoyed that everything was wrapped up by the end and i gave this one three stars just because it was kind of fluffy. There wasn't like, you know, sure, great earth-shattering literature or anything. But right. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was quite adorable. I heard that this book, and I, I haven't read it yet, but I heard that this book really shows Asperger's very well. I, I don't particularly have a frame of reference mm-hmm. for what it should be like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that I could see how that could be with her her quirks and her mannerisms mm-hmm. and they also don't show that like she's like she feels like that but the people around her don't feel like she's like a weirdo or whatever oh, they're okay very respectful of her um issues mm-hmm. they're respectful of what overwhelms her like sensory overloads and things sure. like that and they're very 
um, respectful of that. Like one night he takes her to a club mm-hmm. and then he realizes that it's too much. There's too many noise, too many people, too mm-hmm. much lights. Um, and that's one of the things that happens. And they're just very respectful. That's cool. It's not like, oh, hey, just get over it, mm. um, which I kind of see people do a lot in, sure. in the world. But That's cool. I thought it was adorable. Okay. The first book that I'm going to talk about is technically a series. It's called The Selection. I loved those. They're so good. So the first book is called The Selection. It's technically a dystopian YA. It's This world is kind of in a caste system where, if I'm remembering correctly, they're numbered. Like the lower numbers are obviously like working class, very, very mm-hmm. poor. And it goes kind of up until right. you meet the royal family. They're at the top. So it follows a girl named America Singer. Her family is... It's a brilliant name. It's cute. So her family is kind of middle-ish class. They're not poor, poor. They're not rich. And her family are all entertainers. They're either singers, uh, songwriters, musicians, something like that. This book is very much like The Bachelor. Traditionally, the royal family finds a new wife for the crown prince by inviting 35 women from across the nation. And he will date them in group dates, single dates, just like The Bachelor. And he kind of narrows it down until he finds his new princess and they will marry. I have never once watched an episode of The Bachelor. Are you serious? Yeah, not even once. I used to, but like years and years ago. Right, because it's been on for 37 million years. No, forever. (laughs) Right. In that sense, it's super cute. So if you like The Bachelor, if you like stuff like that, the selection is really, really cute. It's very, very tame. So you don't have to worry about your boss looking over your shoulder or anything like that. So it's Prince Maxon. It's America. They meet... She originally doesn't want to put her name in for a chance to go. She already has a boyfriend at home. But when they when she finds out that they offer money, if you put your name in in the hat, essentially, like depending on how long you make it, I think is right, you get extra money, money yeah. if you stay longer. So she already has a boyfriend, she's not at all interested in meeting the prince, but she goes ahead and puts her name in just because the money would be great for her family. She gets chosen, obviously, and it goes from there. And it's so so sweet they're small books they're not it's not going to take you years and years right I think I read like a book a day or something. oh yeah very quick reading. oh yeah like I tore through them and they're they're super addictive the covers are gorgeous, gorgeous. she's in these big ball gowns that they're, like the bottoms take up the whole oh yeah cover, and so just, much so much fluff <laughs> yes <laughs> there's like, too so, much to walk in basically <laughs> they're so so pretty though yes I loved that series it was one that I basically devoured mm-hmm. but in true Tavia fashion I have not finished the follow-up series to that so basically America's story is finished but there's a sequel to the trilogy mm-hmm. i don't know what that's called it's like a follow-up i guess yeah. well i've read two of those or one of those i think there's there's just two there's of just them two. so i've read the first one but i have not read the second one and that's a, a significant problem that i have you are why my hair is graying it drives sure, me crazy <laughs> that you don't finish series. Well, see, the thing is, if I pick up a series that isn't finished, if I have to stop and wait for the next book to come out, I've already moved on with my life. I'm done. <laughs> like, I've put these characters to bed. So, basically, the True Blood series, oh, I have not finished the last book. It's um, just one book. <laughs> I know, but I just can't make I have it at back. home. Well, I have it at home, too. Oh, I thought you said you weren't going to buy it because you were like, meh. I mean, I felt that way, but... 
I got really bored with the True Blood series by the end of it. But also the Lunar Chronicles. Oh my gosh. I have not read Winter yet, and I own that one as well. Oh my god. But it like it's a huge book. No, it is it is much bigger than the selection mm-hmm. books. And I feel like some of the stuff I've forgotten and I, I would have to go back and read it. I am number four books. I haven't <laughs> read the last few of those either. I, I have a problem, people. If you know how to help me, please <laughs> send help. Please send help. <laughs> but I just can't. I feel like I've, I've made my peace with these characters and I can't pick these books back up again. <laughs> Yeah, my hair is falling out because of you. It's fine. <laughs> let's move on. Okay, that seems legitimate. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Um, the next book I'm going to talk about is Chasing Harry Winston. Ooh. Yes, I know. I want to chase me a Harry Winston. Oh, my God, yeah. It's really a shame I'm already married, though. No. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. I love my husband. <laughs> Um, this book is by Lauren Weisberger, who is also the author of The Devil Wears Product. Mm, okay. I read this one a while ago. So it, there's some of the details I don't remember, but essentially, and it's not like a, a quote unquote romance novel, mm-hmm. but it was for me a beach read. It was a fluffy, funny, charming little read. Yeah. Um, it follows four friends and they're each at different points in relationships or breakups or, you know, casual sex or whatever. And they all feel like they need something different in their lives. So they make a pact over the course of the summer to dramatically change their love lives. Okay. Um, and so the book follows what they do to change their love lives and how they do it. You know, kind of relatable characters with real journeys that you kind of would see people make in their real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got little bits of romance and, and smuttiness sprinkled in, but not like, you know, it's no kiss quotient mm-hmm. um, on the smut-o-meter. But <laughs> it is definitely, um, it has a little bit in there. And then I gave this one four stars because I think I read this one like maybe seven, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You're reading life is so different now right and i feel like as we we get older the way that we rate things yeah absolutely changes in the way that we even read things oh yeah changes the way you pick up a book and and Mm -hmm. interact with it is much different in your 30s oh yeah as compared to your your 20s for sure yeah Um, but i thought this one was adorable i would definitely recommend it for a beach read it's breezy it's easy and i really enjoyed it that's awesome it's easy, breezy, beautiful. I was going to say, you rhymed. <laughs> I'm so clever. <laughs> so my next one is The Coincidence of Coconut Cake by Amy Reichert. That just sounds yummy. Well, I literally only picked this up because the cover is so, so pretty. So it's just got like a black chalkboardy looking kind of background and then this beautiful coconut cake right there. And every time I walked past it in a bookstore, I wanted to grab it so bad. So finally, I checked it out of the library and I'm going to purchase it just so I can own it. It's so, so sweet. So it's basically a foodie version of You've Got Mail. Oh, that's adorable. I know. So it's set in Wisconsin in this huge food city that I never knew about. I didn't know. It's, yeah, it's in Milwaukee. So much. never set there. No, <laughs> I don't. have read anything set there. Before. No, I don't think I have either. That's really cool. But it's so much about the food that comes from there. So much cheese. It's awesome. So what it is, Lou has a, a restaurant that she's worked forever to have. And it's kind of struggling. She's she's trying to make it work. One day, Lou goes to surprise her boyfriend at his home and catches him cheating. Wow. Yes. So she runs back to work to kind of just work through her sorrows. And it's her worst day ever. And that is the day that the, this crazy, pretentious food critic shows up oh. to write an article about her wow. restaurant. Yeah. That sucks. So the day it comes out, she's at a bar drinking her sorrows away and 
and guess who she meets? The critic. Oh, yeah. So just like You've Got Mail, he finds out who she is before she finds out who he is. Oh, it's wow. super cute. They strike up a friendship. She's just going to show him around the city because he's not from there originally. Talks about the museums that are there, the amazing mm-hmm. festivals that they have there. So oh, much cool. food. It's amazing. And the best part is at the very end of the book, it has the recipe for the coconut cake that is on the front of the cover. Oh, nice. How does the coconut cake factor into the story? She makes a coconut cake and takes it to her boyfriend. So the day that they, she and the food critic meet, she smells like coconut. Oh, does she throw the coconut cake at the boyfriend? I honestly do not remember. I feel like that would be a missed opportunity. Yeah. I don't remember if she throws them, but I I know like the coconut cake has a a fairly large part in the the book. So it's super cute. I gave it four stars. I thought it was so, so sweet and cake. But no, it's super cute. Do not read it when you're hungry. It's awesome. Nice. Nice. I like that. The next book I'm going to talk about is getting on track a little bit with the romance genre because mm-hmm. it is a Nicholas Sparks book. There we go. Yep. Um, and it is Safe Haven. And it's really the only Nicholas Sparks that I've read that I've enjoyed. But I think I enjoyed Safe Haven because it was more mystery and thriller mm-hmm. than it was romance. I mean, there's definitely the romance in there. Of course. Because it's Nicholas Sparks. But it's not one that you need to eat a tub of chocolate ice cream after you've <laughs> finished reading it because you're drowning in your sorrows. Yeah, it you, was, don't, you don't need to see your therapist after right, reading this right. book. There's, the, there's definitely the romance. And basically the premise is she is arrived to this new town and you don't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got like a, a secret past. She doesn't tell anybody about anything she keeps to herself, but she ends up meeting the owner of the little market in town. And obviously they fall in love because it's Nicholas Sparks. Of course. And he's got his secrets too. But for me, it's more about finding yourself after loss and after abuse mm-hmm. and figuring out how to love again and not only love someone else, but how to love yourself again mm-hmm. and how to get to a better place emotionally so that you can be open to love, to new things. It, and it was very poignant, but not in an overly cloying mm-hmm. way that Nicholas Sparks, for me, has a tendency to do. And again, I think I enjoyed it more because of the thriller-ish mystery aspect of it than mm-hmm. than anything else cool cool i gave that one four stars which is that's which very is a big high for nicholas sparks for me yeah my next one going off of learning how to love yourself is p.s i love you by cecilia ahern my bookish confession is i love books that make me cry love them i don't particularly gravitate to books that i think that are going to make me cry or movies that i think are gonna make me cry like i don't watch the news because it makes me sad oh well no the news is just depressing (laughs) i'm talking about like sweet cry if you've seen the holiday i'm a weeper (laughs) i'm a major weeper But yeah, that's just me. Commercials make me cry. The Olympics make me cry. I cry if they win. I cry if they lose. I just, I know I'm pitiful. Sounds pitiful. (laughs) So P.S. I Love You is about a woman who has recently turned 30. She's married to her soulmate and he becomes very ill and dies. About a month after he passes, she receives a letter from him and she receives one for the next 12 months after he passes away. Each month is a new task for her to do or something new that she's never done that she needs that he tells her that she has to do and it just kind of leads her through her grief through
through her depression and takes her on a journey. I just, I thought it was beautiful. I th- of course, I sobbed throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. They made a movie about it. It's mm-hmm. stupid. See, I liked the movie, but I haven't read the book. They changed so much. But Gerard made- Butler's in it, though, so. No, literally, the only good thing thing about the stupid movie is Gerard Butler. He, he can talk to me in that sexy uh, accent all the day long. Right? I love him. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous mm. thing that is Gerard Butler. <laughs> I know. He's so pretty. It makes me cry. Um, I could see my husband doing something along the lines of this, but instead of like sweet notes, I could like see him doing like, like haunting me from the grave kind of thing because he's just that kind of person. <laughs> I just have this awesome <laughs> mental picture of the terrible things that he would do. He, um, like, not in a bad way, but he just, he likes to watch the world burn. Yeah. Um, he likes to stare it up and, and then sit back and watch <laughs> and see how That's things play out. Terrible. It, I think if he knew he was dying, he absolutely would set up some sort of oh, haunt Lord. me from beyond the grave kind of That's- thing. I never even thought about that. That's terrible. Right. Okay. So, P.S. I love you, Cecilia Ahern. If you love to cry, it is wonderful. I uh, It's on my list. I actually own it. Yeah, um, I made you buy it. I know. <laughs> yes, I do remember this. Okay, my next one is The Peach Keeper, and that is by Sarah Addison Allen. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, this is one that I picked up because of the cover. Um, it's just an adorable cover. It's basically, it's a green background. It's got these like flowers Mm -hmm. falling. I'm assuming they're like peach tree blossoms. Sure. Sure. Um, but I really liked it and I picked it up because again, I don't read a lot of romancy type Mm -hmm. chiclet stuff, but it was for a reading challenge I was doing. There you go. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was, um, I gave it three and a half stars because it was cute. It was, it was adorable. Um, I liked the story. It just didn't like, you know, grab me and sure. And, and move my soul or anything. But basically, it's set in a small town in North Carolina. This girl goes away and she she ends up coming back to the town. And the people that she went to high school with, they're still there. And, you know, basically, if you're from a small town going mm-hmm. away and coming back, it's just like... It never changes. You've changed, but the place hasn't. Yeah. And her family used to own this really big mansion and be very well off, but over the course of a couple of generations have gone into financial decline. Mm. And her name is Willa in the... That's cute. Yes. In the story. There's a girl also in there, um, Paxton, and her family is the well-to-do family now. She's, I guess, one of the clique girls from high school. Mm -hmm. They gave Willa a hard time. And her family buys the mansion that used to belong to Willa's family, and she's planning to turn it into a bed and breakfast. Okay. So the story is about the skeletons in the closet they find. Literal skeleton in a closet. Oh, my. They find of this man called Tucker Devlin. Um, And so the book is told in the present, but it flashes back to what happened in the 30s with Willa and Paxton's grandmother and what caused the family to go into a financial decline. Like there was a significant event that happened that caused this. Honestly, it's a lot about friendships Mm -hmm. and becoming friends with people you never would have thought Mm -hmm. but there's definitely some romance sprinkled in there she meets a guy goes on dates that sort of thing and like i said it's not necessarily a romance there are definitely love interests throughout the story but mostly it's about the mystery the friendships and literal skeletons that are in your closet Um, awesome and charming southern small towns and i really i adored it and i thought it was precious 
That sounds just cute. My next one is The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. So this one, it had a lot of buzz going on last year and it's super cute. So it's super, it's really tropey. Alexa and Drew get stuck in an elevator together. Drew is just in town to attend a wedding. He's a groomsman in a wedding. They get to talking in the elevator and he asks her to come to the wedding as, her, as his fake girlfriend. And so she initially is like, I'm eh, not really interested in this, but changes her mind, goes to the wedding. Hijinks ensue. They live several hundred miles apart. So it's not going to work out. It's just for the weekend. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens. Obviously. <laughs> it's really, really cute. And I, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed the story. But what I really liked about it was I didn't know that it was an interracial relationship. It's not advertised at oh, all. Nice. Yeah, Alexa that. is black and Drew is white. It's not advertised. It's like I had no idea until I started reading it. So that's I really, thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. But I, I really like it. It's super cute. It's got a pretty red cover. You can't miss it when you're mm -hmm. looking for it. It's, I thought you know, it was I thought this was a book version of the movie with mm -hmm. Deborah Messing and yeah. Dermot Mulroney. Very nice. I, I, right? I always get him and Dylan McDermott confused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they were on the Chew one episode just like literally talking about that they get confused with each other That's all the time. funny. Right. But I thought this was kind of, a, and I guess it is sort of Ish, a yeah. take on that, but insofar as that the... No one's getting paid. Right. And there is yeah. a wedding that yes. happens. And it technically fake dating. Right. But that's about it, I think. Yeah. You, according to what, because I haven't read this book, but according to what you've said, there mm -hmm. is not much similarity. Yeah. I mean, it's but, the same kind of trope. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of fake boyfriend, girlfriend things that happen in the romance genre. I really like them. My, that's kind of one of my too. favorite tropes <laughs> or like when couple or not so much a couple, they have to share a bed because it's the only bed left. Right. And they're forced to share a bed. I would sleep on the floor. I love that trope so much. I don't know why. It's so stupid. And absurd. Yeah. But I think it's hysterical. And I, I will funny. read everything based on that trope. So. <laughs> what premise could you have for having be the only bed left? Like set this up for me. Because I don't think I've actually read anything that's based um, on that. A hotel is completely sold out and they only have one room left and it's just one king bed. And they're going to put two people that don't know each other together? Well, maybe they're traveling together, but they're not dating. And so they are obviously don't oh, want to share a bed because they're not super comfortable with that gotcha. yeah gotcha. i don't i don't know why i like it i'm just a weird gotcha. weird person that makes please sense. don't put me in that kind of situation but right. I think <laughs> i'm thinking about <laughs> see we need to watch that rebel wilson movie my life is a romantic comedy it looks so funny i bet <laughs> I that's in there i feel like that would be me though i'd be like the what? heck is going on <laughs> She's like, like, why are you talking to me? I would just go to another hotel or something. Like, Don't ask not... questions because it will end up right. being your soulmate. If we start tearing apart this I know. Uh, premise, <laughs> then we've lost everything, right? <laughs> okay, tangent aside, the wedding date, super cute. If you like romance, you would love it. It's got, I would give it maybe a 7.58 on the smutty Richter scale. Nice. Yeah, so it, I, I thought it was pretty cute. 7.58. Yes. That is specific. No, like 7.5 or 
eight. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant seven decimal five eight. <laughs> I thought that was terribly so specific. Last episode, I was stupid. <laughs> this time it's you. <laughs> Clearly, my brain doesn't work today. It's all the coffee that's just got me going. <laughs> Right. She's had 87 cups of coffee. <laughs> Guys, fine. I've been up for so long. <laughs> Coming back to the world of what we're actually doing. <laughs> my next book is one that I did not like at all. I didn't like it even a little bit. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this is another Nicholas Sparks, and that's The Wedding. Oh, damn you. That's my favorite Nicholas Sparks I know, book. I know. And, and it's a lot of people's favorites. Oh my God, um, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. It was, the premise, it is Allie and Noah from The Notebook. Mm -hmm. It's their son-in-law. And Mm -hmm. the romance has gone from his marriage as life tends to happen when you've been married for 30 some odd years or whatever. But it's, you know, kind of that real life can get in the way of romance. It starts out because he's forgotten their anniversary. And she acts like a big giant baby about it. No, they've been married for years. He should remember their anniversary. Right, but like... How mad would you be if you'd been married to your husband for 30 years and he completely forgets your anniversary i just don't think i'd be upset like we don't do that we don't celebrate valentine's we don't i'm not talking about valentine's day you know but the thing is we're just not that kind of couple so for me i felt like her reaction was just like she stormed off and pouted and cried like a little baby and it just irritated me i thought the characters were flat i thought the story was boring it's the only nicholas sparks i've ever read that i didn't cry and this pisses Susie off to no end i can't i can't deal Mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm I'm done. I just, I don't have a lot to say about it, basically, because I just didn't, I just didn't like it. I hate you. That's okay. I'm going to talk about happy things now. Okay. I will jump in really fast. Since you said why you hated it, I'm going to say why I loved it. Okay. So just in case someone wants to read it, I will tell you why you should. I think the you always read these romance novels and it's a couple in the beginnings of a relationship. And mm-hmm. you, of course, it's passionate and it's hot and Exciting. heavy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's that butterflies in the beginning of every relationship. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. And so I loved this one because it's a couple that's been together forever. I love love that even though the passion has died and they don't get butterflies whenever they see each other, I love that they can still have that passion. They work their way back to it. And so the book starts when he forgets their anniversary Mm -hmm. and it follows them for about a year, Mm -hmm. how they work their way back to Mm -hmm. the passion that they're missing. And I I think it's awesome because you don't always read that. And I think I first... I I can appreciate that. Yeah. And I think I first read this when I was a teenager. Like I've owned it for a very long time. And so reading that as a teenager... I was like, there can't be love when you're old. <laughs> See, I think I came from a, I, I didn't read it until I was a married woman. So I think for me, I was just in my frame of reference. I'm like, I mean, this isn't just the passion's going to be, this is just the real world. Like, yeah, you can't be butterflies and hot for each other in the coat closet of the restaurant every single day of your life. It's just right. not realistic. So for me, for them trying to get back to a place like that, it just kind of felt like it was forced a little bit like mm. i mean just enjoy where you are at this season of your life and i gave it two and a half stars i think you're dumb and well that's fine you know that's okay so funny story about that book actually nicholas sparks came to town several years ago they said you could bring up to three books for him to sign and so i brought friends and had them each carry three nicholas sparks so i could get all of my nicholas sparks books signed there we go that makes sense <laughs> 
<laughs> so I I get up there and he might have been the first kind of in quotation marks celebrity that I'd ever met. And if you know me, I'm kind of a talkative person. And so when I got up there and I showed him, I was the one that carrying the wedding. It is by far my favorite Nicholas Sparks. I don't even have any other Nicholas Sparks books anymore. I just have that one. And so I was the one carrying the wedding. And when I brought it up to him, he actually started talking to me about the characters in the book and kind of engaging with me. And I lost my voice. I said no words. I smiled and nodded, completely lost my mind. You're really good at meeting celebrities. Didn't you do that at, at yeah. what's it in Atlanta? Dragon Con. Dragon Con with the, the green Stephen guy. Stephen Amell. The, yes. Yeah. I com- what is he? Green Green Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. There we go. I didn't want to offend the comic people yeah, in this watch world by saying out. it wrong. Yeah. No, I, I cannot speak to celebrities. Well, Stephen Amell was so hot. I couldn't Obviously. even I couldn't even function. But Nicholas Sparks, I don't even know why. He's just an author. But yeah, I couldn't speak words. <laughs> I literally did the smile and nod thing. Looked like an idiot. And maybe he, that's just the way you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm the idiot today. So I walked and I just walked away like, oh my God, Nicholas Marks talked to me and just lost my mind. But yeah, no, I said no words to him whatsoever. Nice. Hilarity. So you're good in a clutch situation then. Absolutely. Good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my next one is Outlander. Oh. You like that? You like yeah. that accent? I practiced. I, I kind of think that it didn't quite come out. Outlander. So there you go. Yeah. It's a little bit better. Okay. And is it Diana Gabaldon? Gabaldon? I actually don't know. I've never heard it. I thought said. it was Galbadon. I've. I mean, it could be any of. I've never heard it mm-hmm. said out loud, so I'm not really sure. Right. We're so, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We said it wrong. Outlander. And if you are under a rock, let me tell you about it. <sighs> God. So Claire Randall and her husband are on vacation. They've been apart f- during the war, and they get back together. They go on like a second honeymoon to kind of just meet back up again. They're in Scotland and she is walking around just this ancient stone kind of circle. It's kind of like Stonehenge, but smaller. Yeah, but in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And so she walks in, she touches one, and all of a sudden she is in 1743. It's where I would have thrived, where being pale and chubby was really a good thing to do. (laughs) Sure, yeah. yeah. I would have been I would have been set up for life there, <laughs> unless you were poor, and then you would just which die. I clearly would have been. <laughs> obviously, I'm not cut out for manual labor either. So you know, there's that. In 1743 in Scotland, it's this great war there against England. So when she goes, she is a British woman, got the British accent. So she is an she is an outlander. She's in trouble. Yes. Yeah, so she sh- like she pops up into the forest in her like forties clothes, and people like they're in the midst of a little like firefight kind of right. thing going on. She there's, doesn't realize what's happened at first, and she gets really mad because she thinks there's a movie going on, like or, being filmed or something. Or she thinks like it's reenactors. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, "What are you doing shooting at people out here? It's like, are those real bullets? <laughs> yeah. Just lo- loses her mind at them. Pretty funny. It takes her a minute to kind of figure out the no, no, like this is real. So cool. So she is taken back to like a local town there. And that's where she meets Jamie Frazier. Oh, my God. He is the dreamiest. Jamie really is. So if you've seen the Showtime show of it, the actor that portrays him is absolutely perfect. 
in every way. Mm. So she meets Jamie and begins this crazy, passionate, smutty affair with him. Uh huh. And it gets the it kind of as a self-preservation thing at first. Yeah, yeah. I don't. People talk about this and they're like, no, it's a legitimate affair. Like she's cheating on her husband. I guess in another perspective, though, Claire doesn't know that she's ever going home. Right. So I've not struggled with. Oh, it's an affair or anything like that. It's an like infidelity that. situation. Yeah. I've not I've not really struggled with that. Probably because Jamie's so hot. I'm just like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> he would so be pretty. a he would be a, a book boyfriend that Absolutely. I could get behind. Absolutely. Yeah. So he treats her so wonderfully and just adorable. He, guys, he's so freaking dreamy. So I just talk about the first book. This is a series that is not finished. And they are really they're big. big books. Yeah. They're hundreds of pages. So if you're signing Six up for to something. 800, I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. They're huge. So if you're interested in something that'll keep you busy for a really long time, Outlander is definitely the way to go. But I will warn you, it is not a finished series. Really? No. She's still mm-hmm. writing them. And she's been writing them, I think, since the early 90s. Nice. So it's been a minute. But they are wonderful. I love them so much. They, I have read the first one. I have not found it within myself to continue on. Right. I read it before I knew that it was a, an unfinished series. Mm-hmm. I have a very strict rule that I do not read a series unless I know that they're finished. And I didn't even know that it was a series. I just knew that a show was coming out about it. And I like to, of course, read them before yeah. I watch. When I found out it was an unfinished series, I have not continued it. I love the intro song to that TV show. It's really cool. It is. It's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, Outlander's amazing. I thought it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have watched the first season of the show and it follows the first book almost perfectly. Nice. It's it's kind of, it's kind I of amazing. I really enjoy TV shows based on books oh my because God, there's so yes. much opportunity to follow more carefully. Yes. You can get more stuff out of a TV show. Absolutely. Um, I have made it through about half of the first season, mm. but I have a problem with when I read the book. Mm-hmm. I don't get into the show anymore if I haven't enjoyed the ending of the book or if it's like an unfinished series or something like that. So Outlander, amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You should read it. It's very smutty. Nice. Enjoy. It's on the smutty Richtometer. Oh, I'd give it like a Richtometer. That's not a thing. Richter, Richter scale. scale. 9.5. 9.5. Yes. Okay. Nice. My last one that I'm going to talk about today is not technically a romance book either, but it is considered one of the romance classics, I guess, and that is Love in the Time of Cholera. And that's by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yes. For me, I read this book for school, Mm -hmm. um, for a school project, and I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Like she said, my husband wouldn't shut up about it. He said it's one of the saddest books of all time ever, and I did not feel that way. He has not read many books. (laughs) This is true. But I get where he's coming from. Basically, it's about unrequited love. Mm -hmm. Um, So these two characters, they meet when they're younger and they fall in love. But her dad doesn't, because it's set in like the early 1900s in Colombia. And so her dad wants better for her than this guy that she's fallen in love with. So he separates them for a while. So they correspond. However, when she comes back, she realizes that he's not going to be able to give her the kind of security that she needs. So she ends up marrying a rich guy who's financially stable. Hmm. And the book follows the course that both of their lives take while he's still in love with her, like the whole time. He like he goes on and he has all these affairs and he becomes basically like the male whatever of the town um, sleeping with 
everybody. Paramour. Yes, there we go. That's a classy way to say it. We're classy bitches. Um, so he does that, and he's still in love with her all of this time. So it, basically, it's about spending his whole life pining for this girl who has married someone else. Wow. Um, and she doesn't, not even one time in the course of this story, hint that she's still in love with him. She wow. clearly moves on with her life, has kids, grandkids, that whole thing. For me, it was kind of like a magical writing style, and it definitely can transport you back in time. And he was able to create this world that I could see. Vividly, mm-hmm. it's about you know unrequited love and then love versus security, which I think a lot of books set around that time are are about. But it's also can you love more than one person at a time? Can you be in love with multiple people? And that's an interesting and intriguing topic for sure. Um, I gave this one three stars. It was okay. I did not have a visceral reaction that my husband kept telling me I was gonna have. <laughs> I just you didn't thought cry. I didn't. No, I just thought this guy's kind of sad and creepy. Yeah, it's a classic, so mm. everyone should give it a shot. Maybe you'll think that it's sad in a way that I did not. (laughs) Okay, my last one is another series, technically. I've had a lot of series in this episode. So this is the Crossfire series by Sylvia Day. The first one is called Bared to You. Now, this is a 10 on the smut Richter scale. Really? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I own them all. Nice. Hint, hint. I'm going to go on a slight tangent for just a quick moment, if you liked Fifty Shades of Grey, this is better. I mean, it's not hard to do that. Right. I was just thinking it cannot possibly be that hard to beat that. No judgment whatsoever. Fifty Shades of Grey is poorly written, poorly executed. I gave up in the middle of the second one. I did finish them because I was just so intrigued that so many people were freaking out about a smutty series. And I was like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why this book or this series did it. If you liked the idea of Fifty Shades of Grey, this is the better written version of it. Nice. Maybe with less bondage. Okay. <laughs> so Eva and Gideon are the two protagonists. They are both people that have suffered from sexual abuse in their in their younger years. Mm-hmm. And it's basically two functioning adults that know that they have issues but they're willing to work on them together and it's not one trying to pull the other along it's it's not someone trying to fix the other or anything like that it's just two functioning adults that are very attractive in a relationship and they and it's difficult but they make it work and it's realistic yes so Eva begins working at an ad agency, of course, in New York, because that's where all the great romances are. Obviously. So except she, for Milwaukee. Except for there, and there's cake, which, I mean, I would give right. up New York for cake. Let's be honest. Oh, obviously, me too. <laughs> so Eva begins working at an ad agency and happens to run into Gideon, and he works in the same building, just several floors up, because obviously he's a billionaire. So they're immediately drawn together. They have this crazy chemistry together. I think the series is five books i think it's really really great i really enjoyed it uh if you if you like the crazy smutty stuff this is your jam sylvia day is a fantastic writer she's got lots of books under her belt so i really recommend it i think it's great and if you want a steamy valentine's day there you go right get you all set up for in the mood All right. Well, that is our romance episode. We're so glad that you tuned in and listened to us talk every week. So appreciated. Thank you guys so much and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, guys.